You are listening to the Become a Guitarist Today podcast with Adam Roach. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 155 with my very special guest today, Robin Ford. Now, Robin Ford has been a huge inspiration to me over the last 30-odd years. So it was a real privilege to able to speak to him today and interview him about his new album called Pure and also his website called the Robin Ford Guitar Dojo. So the links are in the show notes for the album in the dojo as well. And the opening track you are hearing is from the album Pure and the track is called Go. So Robin goes into great detail about the behind the album, so some of the tracks and the members on the album as well. Now make sure you listen in to the, the very end of the podcast after my sponsor announcement. I do have another announcement and a giveaway for everyone. So please listen in to the end and enjoy the interview. So let's go over to Nashville for my interview with Mr. Robin Ford. Good morning or good afternoon. Yes, it's afternoon for me, Adam. Yeah. I guess you're in Australia, right? Yes, you got it. All right, how are you? I'm well. That's good. All right, but I want to say thank you very much for your, your time today. I really, really appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. Yeah, I've been a, a big fan of yours for a long time. All right, good <laughs> yeah. to hear. Yeah, a friend of mine introduced me to you back in, I'd say, maybe 89, 90. All right, well, that's when I first really came to Australia. That's when my solo career really began. Yeah. Now, I was going to ask you, did you come here with uh, David Sanborn on his tour? I did. I thought so, yeah. Because I remember yeah. I, I went to that concert. And I, thought, okay. and I remember, I'm pretty sure you're there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was there with David before I was there on my own. Yeah, that was a, that was a great concert as well. Thank you. I had a ball with David. Uh, he, he was a childhood hero for me, you know. Yeah. David Sanborn was in the, uh, I mean, long before he became the David Sanborn that everyone knows. Yep. Uh, David was the alto saxophone player in the Paul Butterfield Blues Band. Yep. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, yeah, I am. You are? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's rare. Yeah. Now, my friend uh, Mark, who introduced me to your music, he's a big fan of all that. And his father, they're from Chicago. They're right into the, oh. um, the, the, the jazz scene. Well, I used to hear David play, you know, when I was 16, 17, 18, with the Butterfield Blues Band in San Francisco. So I was aware of David wow. in the 60s. <laughs> and you get to play with him. <laughs> it was really fun. I, I, I played with him at the Montreux Jazz Festival in 1981. Okay. Yeah, and I've seen you a few times when you come to Australia. I think the last time you were here when you played the Prince of Wales, I think it might have been, in Melbourne. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. Yeah, we got to... It's been a little while. Yeah, yeah, it has. And and also got to see you on the last Jennifer Batten Cloud Symposium. Hang. Yeah. yeah. I was there for a little while. <laughs> yeah. I had an original blues band called Busted Up. Oh, for real? Yeah. So it was actually inspired by your song. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we released this album. Um, it was like nine, nine tracks. Yeah, seven originals, two, two covers. We did like a, a blues version of um, The Way You Make Me Feel, Michael Jackson. But like, oh, no. Just, just, oh, yeah, I do know it, of course. Yeah, just really laid back. And uh, the other one was yeah. by Scaramouche. Um, but again, it was all inspired by your playing. Yeah, we, we grew up on uh, listening to your Talk To Your Daughter, Busted Up. Uh, everything, yeah, you know, Mystic Mile, all those albums. 
and you should jam a lot of those songs so it's a it's an honor to meet you <laughs> and talk to you again yeah. thanks uh, yeah um but first of all yeah congratulations with the new album pure yeah fantastic i'll only listen to it all all week yeah oh, thank you yeah so so just some really really great songs i mean uh my favorites i'd have to say uh be go pure if you want me to and a dragon's tail but i mean they're all great but you know they're, they're my favorites and they are entirely different to each other every one of them yeah that's right I started uh, to some extent in the usual fashion. Like normally I, I write a bunch of songs, yep. take a band into the studio, record for four or five days, you know, and then yep. go into the overdubbing and mixing process, etc. you know? Yep. But um, I wasn't sure what I was doing. I knew that I was going to make an instrumental record because I'd been working uh, producing uh, instrumental artists here in Nashville and I was writing for them and, it was, uh, I was just in that head, you know? Mm. So I had some rough ideas. I got together with a band. It was okay. Got together with a band again. Wasn't so okay. <laughs> Third time, I was just like, you know, I need to, I need to make this record on, you know, utterly on my own terms. Yeah. I need to, I need to be in control of every aspect of this record. Not only the song, but the sounds, the way it feels, it's because other musicians, you know, influence the music, mm. and I didn't want influence. Yeah, yeah. Normally I do. Normally I do. You know. Yeah. But this time, just something in my body just said, "I'm. I want every. I want to be in control of every aspect of this record." Mm. So we didn't do demos. You know, uh, we built the tracks. Okay. Casey Wasner, my co-producer and engineer, he and I, we went into the studio and we built a, just a, a working drum track, you know. Yep. I would play bass on it, and then I'd put a rhythm guitar on it, and then I'd put a melody on it, and then I'd put some more guitars on it, and, you know, we'd massage it, change things. Yep. And when ready, we sent it to a drummer. Drummer overdubbed the drums from his house. Yeah. <laughs> It was during COVID. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then we would bring a bass player in. We would all wear masks and um, yep. we'd overdub bass guitar. <laughs> and uh, that's the way the record was made. Yeah. Never, oh, never, again, never demos. <laughs> it was a work in progress. And I'll tell you what, for me, I, I very much see the process of making a record. Uh, and now more than ever with this new record, it, it's like a painting. You know, mm. you start the painting and then you don't like something, you know, you can get rid of it. Yep. And you can like, you didn't like the yellow, you know, you, so you take that out and you put in red, you know, or green or whatever. Yep. It's, it's like a picture, you know, it's like presenting a sonic, it's like painting a sonic picture. That was the, the method that we used in the making of this record. There was, there are three songs on the record that were recorded live. Okay. Uh, Go is one of them. Oh, and wow. That's one of my favorites on the record. Yeah. That was done with bass drums and me and a saxophone player. We, we added horns after the fact. Yep. Basically, the tenor player just, uh, one of the guys just took a solo for me. Because okay. I was <laughs> rhythm guitar. Yeah. So uh, it was a conveniency at the time. 
Blues for Lonnie Johnson was uh, a live recording. And um, also, If You Want Me To, which I think you mentioned yeah, is one yep. of your favorites. Yep. That was recorded in the studio, but a lot of things happened after the fact uh, with that. You know, in the, in the process of, of you know, like, each track was singularly creative, you know? Mm. So, like, for instance, on If You Want Me To, you know, when it breaks down. Yep. And all you hear is acoustic guitar and bass. Yep. Well, we took out the drums, and that's what created that space. Mm. So we did very dramatic things like that, you know, in the making of this record. If, if we don't like something, just take it out. Yeah. <laughs> or if we, want to change, if we want to change a mood, you know, just put some distortion on it, you know. Yeah. And a lot was done, you know, via, the, uh, via technology, yeah. you know, in terms of creating, like, atmospheres, you know, and it's like, you know, using the use of reverbs, uh, delays, and, yeah, and other things, you know, we might just, like, create a sound that runs through the track and you don't even really hear it, mm. but it's, you are hearing it and it is affecting you, but you're not, you're kind of not aware, you know, yeah. like a lot, we, we did a lot of that on this record because, you know, for me, it's, uh, uh, as I say, like a painting, you mm. know, there, there's subtleties to it. It has many layers and some of these tracks there were like a hundred tracks more wow. 120 tracks <laughs> because there'd be this reverb on that this yeah. reverb on that mm. two reverbs on that this delay on that this delay on that this delay on that this delay on that <laughs> you know wow. and each one of those is a track <laughs> you know so it's multi-layered and at the same time it sounds like a band if mm. i'm not mistaken would oh, you agree 100 percent for sure it's out people playing the energy's there you know yeah but like you're saying about that i call it like the eerie type effect we had in um a dragon's tail like that that main riff you had at the start but then it moves the song mm -hmm. into like that funky type feel yeah there were drums playing through the whole intro of that okay you know, mm. as take them out. <laughs> so we remove the drums from the first, you know, yep. couple of riffs that are played. Because yep. it just seemed to just be kind of laying there. So when the drums come in on the third time the riff is played, it kicks up. So this kind of attention to the dynamic, you know, like the way things move. And also, that's one of the, the places in particular where we created this whole background noise, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the riff plays. <laughs> and you hear the void, the great void. <laughs> and then we play the riff again. More void. And then, bam, the drums come in. So... That's that's the way we built the record. We built this record, but to me, it has a complete like kind of through composition. For, it's it's like classical music in a way to me. Mm. You know, it's like a, a long piece. You know, it's it's a whole piece that goes through different moods and, and emotions and things. It does. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Like they do, you do have a lot of different feels throughout the album. You know, it's not just all the one. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, 
like yeah again with that one and then you got the like you're talking about go like the, the more of the james brown funky type version you know can i tell you something about that yep yeah uh nate smith is the drummer on go okay and uh, nate uh became came into prominence uh i think primarily with a group called wolfpeck but uh he also he, he played with robbie coltrane he's a new york hmm. jazz drummer but wow. he's way more than a jazz drummer you know and he has his own band called the, the I, I always almost say the Frequent Flyers, but it's the Fearless Flyers. Okay. <laughs> but a bunch of great musicians. And yeah, you know, Nate is, he's in demand. He's a very funky, great, great drummer. I heard that he moved to Nashville. So a friend of mine told me, I said, do you have his number? He said, yeah. And he sends it to me. I called Nate up. I said, I'd never met him. I said, hey, Nate, I'm making a new record. Would you be interested in coming in and playing? He said, yeah, absolutely. So I um, I wrote two songs for him. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, one of them didn't make the record just because of time constraints. Yeah. Uh, but the other two, uh, well, we recorded three songs in a day. Okay. And the other two are uh, Go, and the bass player named Anton Nesbitt on that, who also played on one that didn't make it. And then I brought in an acoustic bass player and, with Nate, and we cut uh, Lonnie John. Yeah, the bass lines on Go fantastic as well. The well, that's just him. That's just Anton playing his ass off, you know? Yeah. And I like the way you, you, know, you gave him that space too, like in that middle part where... Yeah, yeah, I was expecting to hear like another solo over the top, but he just like he does his thing and really good. Yeah, we we actually let a whole chorus go by, mm. but it, it just you know there was it lagged, you know mm. it just lagged. I, I I thought you know we'll feature them, you know like yep. a a group jam kind of thing, you know. Mm. But they had never met, and Anton's not so much a soloist; he's more of a groove player. And it was like okay. Yep. It didn't quite work, mm. so we just edited edited it down, yeah. you know, to uh, I guess it's basically six bars, something like that. Yeah, but it's funky and it serves the, the purpose. You know? It is, and then back, back to the melody. Yeah. How about the song uh, Pure? When I hear that, is that like there's a lot of different instruments in that one? Okay, so, you know, Pure, like we, we use the melody to begin the record, right? And then yep. we segue into White Rock Beer, Eight Cents. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so the whole, ver the whole extended version uh, of Pure is uh, like second to the last song on the record, I think. It was... Perhaps the first thing that I wrote, you know, when I decided, okay, I'm making an instrumental record. I want to do some different things. I want to, you know, do some things that I've never done before. And uh, that melody, I mean, I don't know where it came from, honestly. It's just like, it just kind of came to me. And uh, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but I, I listen to a lot of Indian music. I've always wanted to bring it. I should always, I mean, over the last some odd years, I've, I've, I've thought I need I want to bring some of this Indian music into my work, but I never quite had the guts. So in this case, the melody to pure 
you know, is unique unto itself. It is what it is. It's not really Indian. It almost sounds more Middle Eastern or something. Yeah. Greek. But then we go into the improvisation. The way that thing was cut, man, was Casey Wasner and I, we, we created a some kind of a drum loop, just, mm. you know. I went on a bass. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way we cut that, that track. We looped that. I didn't do that for eight minutes, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, I added... Uh, an acoustic guitar to it and then did did the improvisation you know unto itself and uh sent it to my friend great drummer uh toss panos in la and he put drums on it sent it back he and i talked on the phone and i said yeah man i was thinking about maybe putting some tabla on it and i think you know somebody and also uh there's this great instrumentalist um, who plays the oud. His name his name is Jimmy Malice. Okay. It's actually much more than that because he's he's Greek. This is the short, <laughs> the American Jimmy Malice. <laughs> Tos Panos is Anastasios Paniutopoulos. <laughs> he's one of the great, great drummers. Tos Panos. I've worked and recorded with him a lot mm. over the years. Tos is born in Greece. And uh, that's how I met Jimmy Malice, who plays the oud. Okay. And so I thought, give me, send me their numbers, you know. So Jimmy uh, Malice played oud from, you know, from the beginning throughout. Yeah. And so you hear the oud yeah, plays yeah. through. And uh, Satnam, his name is Satnam, and I can't remember his last name right now, played tabla. So they were overdubs from different rooms in a different state. Wow. All of them, you know. <laughs> playing to our little drum track, my little bass line, <laughs> and, uh, and my improvisation. So yeah. that's how that was uh, built. And it's based on an Indian scale. The improvisation is based on an Indian scale that I basically just learned. There's this guy named Ram Narayan, and I love this guy. He plays an instrument that I can't remember the name of, but he's brilliant. and. Uh, one of his ragas I just loved. And so I, I figured out the scale. And so I just used that scale and I approached it like an Indian raga. Wow. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because I actually wrote down here, because you know, I had a jam along to the album. And I said, the, the key signature of that one, I just got a question mark. And the scale, I wrote down like a, it sounds like an E harmonic minor, but it's not. It's like something else. <laughs> Can I tell you the scale? Sure. Yeah, it, the improvisation is in the key of E. Yep. Right? So it's E, F sharp, G, E, A sharp, B, C sharp, D sharp, E. Oh, well. It's like uh, you can play E major seven, E minor major seven. Mm. Like a B triad with a, with a G. Yeah. Uh, um, right? Yep. Like from... From the high, high E, yep. F sharp, C sharp, B, G, you know, that chord voicing. Yeah. And there are three triads in there, you know, like E, F sharp, major triads, uh, F sharp major, B major. I think there's another one. But anyway, okay. it's an odd scale. But it's it's it not is. too far out. You know? Yeah, I just, I just couldn't pick it. I was like, I was like, I'll just jam and just do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll try it again now. <laughs> I know we're running out of time, but I just want to quickly talk about you about the um, Robin Ford Guitar Dojo, which I've joined up on. Um, oh, thank you, man. No, no problem. Thank you. I mean, it's fantastic. It's uh, one of the best things I've seen as far as learning. You know, you have everything on there. Like when you go to the actual dojo part, you know, you've got your, the jams, you've got your riffs, you've got your beginners, in, intermediate. The good thing I like about it is you know, it's not really all about the guitar playing. You know, you've got the interviews, you've got the... Where you're just jamming, they're not yeah. talking. You've really got everything involved in this, and for the price, it's, it's amazing. You'd pay that for a 15 minute lesson. Adam, thank you for that. No. I do appreciate it. No problem. And of course, you're you're referring to the Robin Ford Guitar Dojo dot com. That's the one. <laughs> That's yeah. It. And uh, and you basically described it there. There there are three full courses. Two are. Uh, kind of under the same heading, which is guitar the way I learned it. Yep. Because I'm a self-taught guitar player, so I had to figure this out for myself, you know. And um, I break it down into a beginner's and an intermediate course. So for the beginners, it starts with the guitar is tuned to the pentatonic scale, mm. right? Yeah. I mean, it's very beginning of, you know, how I learned how to play the guitar, you yeah. know. You know, I, I don't really teach the major triads in the beginning, like G, C, F, D, A, E. And mm. Some people uh, are kind of looking for that, you know. Yeah. But I'm teaching it from the point of view of blues. Yeah. And then, you know, once we kind of work through that, I start teaching music theory a little bit. And then the intermediate level really gets into, you know, chords and scales on, a, on another level. Mm. So there's all of that. There's a rhythm course called Expand the Jam which shows you how to take a G, you know, a jam in one key or a jam with two chords, three chords, and how you can do much more than just play this chord voicing, that chord voicing, yeah. you know. Most people, it's like, okay, I can play a G, a C, yeah. <laughs> and after a while, your arm just gets tired. That's all there is to it, you know. Yeah, that's right. But there's more you can do yeah. with just two chords. Yeah. And so that's what that course is all about, is teaching people how to expand the jam. <laughs> and uh, interviews with uh, local talent here in Nashville, great musicians here in Nashville, behind the scenes video of, you know, me in the studio with Bill Evans and uh, Daryl Jones from the Rolling Stones, Keith Carlock from uh, Steely Dan, oh, and all of those guys have done way more shit than that, pardon <laughs> my friend. And Bill Evans, you know, yeah. started with Miles Davis. He, began his career with yeah. Miles Davis. So, uh, oh man, a story hour. So I, I just tell stories. I'm, you know, working with Miles Davis, Joey Mitchell, Jimmy Witherspoon, mm. a new riff every week. And I'm, I don't, I'm not fooling around with the riffs. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. really getting it up. Yeah. I really get it up here. This, this is what I do <laughs> and I'm giving it away. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And a thing called no talking, which is just, you know, me, you know, focus on the guitar, playing a vamp of some kind mm. so that it's kind of geared toward uh, beginners so that they can kind of 
learn how to play something simple, you know, yeah. but that's musical and cool. Yeah, but I mean, you really have something for everyone. I mean, I've been playing 40 years and I watched mm-hmm. it and just, like I said, just just watching it and not so much just with the guitar, just listening to what you're saying, the way you're describing things. It's fantastic. Thank you so much, Adam. It, it means a lot because there have been some people who come to the site and they're like, there's not enough content. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what, what they're looking for, man, you know? I know. No, I mean, you got lots on it. Like you got... I think it was on, um, what, 33 riffs, the vamps, heaps of amps, all the lessons. It's so much, isn't it? Amazing. Yeah, in three months, there are going to be 90 more riffs. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, not 90. I'm sorry. It's 12 more. You know, yeah. like every week, new riff. Every week, a new no talking. Yeah, it must keep you pretty busy then. Yes. And, well, in the beginning, you know, we created a ton of content before we launched. Yeah, yeah. So that's the way we were able to kind of keep pace with it because it is a lot of work. Mm. Oh, yeah. And uh, we just shot uh, four riffs and three no talkings yesterday. You know, but that doesn't happen every day because we do a lot in a single day to supply you know, content. None of it is throwaway. Mm. You know, it, it's all you know, very much considered. And uh, you know, we want to we give people quality here yep. at the uh, Dojo.com. Yeah, I love that concept too, the, the dojo. You know? yeah. Because, yeah, because I mean, I've been doing martial arts pretty much all my life as well, doing martial arts. and so, Oh, really? Yeah. So I've been doing wow. yeah, karate and um, kickboxing. So I love the concept of the whole dojo. Have you, have you ever studied Tai Chi, Qigong? No, I haven't yet. No, I'd like to do that because I heard you talk about it. Yeah. Soft forms. They're the soft forms. Mm. <laughs> That's yeah. all I got. I don't want to get my ass kicked. <laughs> but the soft forms are said to be in the, lo- in the long run, you know, yeah. they, because it's all about energy. But yeah, I mean, just overall, the, the album and the... I mean, the course is a big thing for me. I can't wait to get right into it, the uh, the dojo. Awesome. But yeah, it's just amazing. I just want to really thank you so much for your your playing, your inspiration to me as a player as well. There's four people who has inspired me in my life. Eddie Van Halen, Al Miola, John Williams, and yourself. Uh, well, thank you. I'm in good company. <laughs> yeah. You're a good cat, Adam. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for actually listening to the record, you know, so that we could actually have a conversation about it oh, no problem some folks, some folks listen to it once and then you know, suddenly we're talking about it it's like no no <laughs> you don't know my record yeah well so <laughs> you do yeah I, I like to like listen to it once and then listen to it again and actually play over the top and just jam on it what? i just find you get it like wow. a really appreciation yeah. of it yeah you can write it yeah that's right exactly you try and feel where you're coming from very cool yeah well, hopefully, once things open up, you come to Australia again, and you you need a support band. Oh, Let thank me know. you. <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to be there in May now. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Keep your eyes out. Hopefully, it, I was going to be there in January, but it was postponed yeah. due to COVID. You know. Yeah, yeah. So we might be there in May. Where are you? What city? Uh, Melbourne. Okay. Yeah, we're we're supposed to be in Melbourne in uh, May. Okay. Oh, I'll look me out and, for it. Uh, yeah, my band. I'll look out for it for sure. Well, say hello. Yes. If we're there together. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. We'll do. Okay. All right. Well, thanks again, Robin. Really appreciate it. And hopefully we'll see you real soon. My pleasure.
Okay. Thank you, Adam. No problem. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So I hope you guys really enjoyed the interview as much as I enjoyed doing the interview. Like I said, it was a huge honour to, to meet Robin and just to hang out and talk about the album and the dojo. Now again, thank you to my sponsors, Musician, Custom Guitar Picks, and Arnold Krakowka. So let's listen to his advertisement right now. You don't need a drummer to make an amazing metal song. All you need is access to tracks produced in a great studio by a great engineer. My full-length drum tracks are crafted using the best sounding samples I've been developing for over a decade and have been used by thousands of professional musicians worldwide up to the highest level in the industry, including John Five and Gus G. Stop wasting hours of your time trying to program drums and stop wasting tons of money to have your drummer record in a studio for mediocre results. With my drum tracks, you don't need to worry about any of that. Just drag and drop your tracks, press record, and you're done. All of that with a killer, authentic sound. So go to my website, arnokrakowka.com to start rocking. Now for my very special giveaway. So as you know, after this interview with Robin, who was a big inspiration for my original band called Busted Up, which features Mark Turner on vocals and guitar, Grant Canterbury on bass, Azul on drums, and Hezzy on keyboards. So we released an album called Traveling Man back a few years ago now. So everyone listening to this podcast, I'd like to send you a copy of the album. So all you need to do is send me an email, which the link is in the show notes, and I'll happily send you a copy of the album called Busted Up, inspired by Robin Ford. So join me on my next podcast where I go all the way to Sweden to talk to David Anderson from the band Soilwork and the Night Flight Orchestra. So until then, keep jamming.